Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, a podcast where we drink the Kool-Aid maybe a little too hard. I'm your host, Spencer, joined, as always, by Michael. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 35, I believe. This is episode 35. Man. And you would, like, readjust and speak into your mic at a different level after I'd already said it, so... (laughs) So if I like we, to keep you on your toes. If, I like to keep the sound man on his toes. If we blew your eardrums out when Michael started, I apologize. That's on me. It's a soothing. It's a soothing drawl to uh, <laughs> to have your ears blown out. It, it, I guess things could be worse. Yeah. So in this week's episode, we've got a special guest joining us from the Cowboy State podcast, as we do an Oklahoma State podcast. Or sorry, Oklahoma State preview with some of the guys there. We're going to talk about some fan etiquette and attendance issues that are starting to, to crop up. I'm going to des- describe how Michael took the L in fantasy this week. Oh, it was so bad. It's it was, so good. It was really bad. Um, we've got some transitive property in football to talk about, which is, of course, good. Got the Oklahoma State watch party. I'm, I'm probably most excited about this. The game, it's going to be fine, but like the food and the company going to elevate this weekend i'm so excited it'll be a good time and then of course we've got all of your listener questions uh cord cutters corner so let's just jump right in um michael you were telling me that you you had an interesting experience this weekend you you were at the game this weekend yes um you had a oh sorry i just bumped the mic you had a a fan sit next to you that had kind of a roller coaster of a game he did it was very quickly uh there was a gentleman next to me and we talked for a little bit and realized that where he lived and where I grew up wasn't too far from one another. So we, we kind of established a bond that way. And he went to tech for his undergrad and he's got a couple of kids there, uh, right now. And so anyway, we sat next to him and he was super pumped the first five minutes of the game, maybe the first seven or so screaming, let's go tech. Let's just, I just any chance he had to, to scream he was going for it then a couple of things started kind of not going our way and it seems like he just lost all hope and and the first indicator of that was he's he's been burned by far too many texas tech disappointments yeah he may have been a fan a little bit too long but it was beyond the realm of what i would deem acceptable because (laughs) he went from screaming let's go tech and you know we're we're way up. You know, we're 35 rows up. No one can hear. In the upper section. Yeah. No one can hear us. <laughs> but and I think he was, come on, Cliff. You know, on a couple of play calls that didn't work and a couple other things. So 
what struck me as odd and just really made me uncomfortable was when Tech had a bad offensive series. I couldn't even tell you which one. I think it was one of the ones with the penalties where we were backed up in our own within our own 20 yard line. And he, I think it was right before the punt or third down, whatever it was, he just started yelling, Art Browse. I need Art Browse. Art Browse. And he would, he would just say like three or four times in a row. And then he would tell his wife, Well, I, I couldn't tell what he said, but, and I just was well, cringing over there. Well, if Art was the coach. I, yeah, I know. Oh, and that was exactly what he meant. And so I, I definitely let it go because I'm like, gosh, this is just the first quarter. I, I'm gonna have to sit next to this guy this whole game, screaming for Art Bryles quarter yeah, one. I know, wow. but but luckily it kind of ended pretty quickly after the next series when the defense gave up a big touchdown. He did it again, and you know Art Bryles, Art Bryles, and I'm like, Art doesn't even. Then you coach defense, man. I, yeah, that, that's Phil Bennett, and he was yeah. also a terrible defensive coordinator. Oh, man, all, they just taught their guys how to, you know, how to haul hold. people. Yeah. yeah, that was all they taught. And if it gets called, it gets called. If it gets called, you live with it. If if not, eh, you did it. Speaking of living with a bad call, so you and I were at the game on Saturday. I was on the field for this, missed it completely. Was this third quarter? Because I Third think this quarter, was when, double pass. This was when Keith and I were chatting it up in the Frasier, and we – we kind of glanced and saw yes. something happen, but we totally missed it. I didn't catch it till we got if home. If I was on the field, because I, I remember when I, me- I met up with you, you had just gotten back to your seats when I came up to meet you. Right. So I was on the field when this play happened, so you were either in in transit or you were talking to Keith and the, and the Frazier. So there was a play where Houston threw the ball to receiver. He was past the line of scrimmage, and it was probably like a five or six yard, like, from the quarterback to the receiver in terms of how far downfield. Yeah. Defense is all over him, so he turns around, cuts back. Offensive line's running downfield, and they see him coming back, so they're kind of peeling back to pick up some blocks. This is Marquez Stevenson. He comes all the way to the other side of the field and then throws the ball again. It's like Throws a second pass. Dude, those are two forward passes. It's illegal. And it went uncalled. I can't believe that. I, so I, I've, I've got a friend that was on this was officiating like crew. two f- were they calling them forward laterals? Is that well, what they thought the they thing. were? He usually stops by our office because he's a salesman with a, a promo company. That's probably all I should say. Um, he comes by and checks on us basically every week. Did not come this week. Oh. <laughs> I was like, is he avoiding us? Because <laughs> there I, may we, be something to it. We definitely would have called him out like, dude, what the F happened? But here's, here's what I'm thinking. Because I, I was actually defending the same crew a little bit later because... When I left you and to go sit with my brother-in-law, who was in the section in front of you, um, and it was a missed pass interference. Everybody was like, they were all over the rest for missing. It was obvious. And so he's like, well, there's eight or nine refs out there. How do they all miss it? I was like, well, first off, dude, these refs are looking at like one or two players specifically. They have like one assignment. So it's not that nine guys missed it. It's that one guy missed it. Yeah, the one guy looking in that direction. So... Back to the first play we brought up, the assignment of whoever it was to to track forward passes because of how much field, especially laterally, that Houston player crossed, it may have gone from like through almost all of the referees' assignments to pick him up and it just may have been missed that the guy on the second side of the field that would have called a illegal forward pass wasn't looking 
when they threw the first. I didn't or, see or didn't the know how the ball transferred from the quarterback to. Yeah, he could have maybe seen it as a lateral or or a handoff. Or like if he saw, yeah, a so, reverse kind of deal. So I, I, I will defend that, but obviously oh, the replay was, is it's glaringly obviously <laughs> terrible. Um, but okay, let, let's go back to your story, uh, especially when talking about fan etiquette. Um, these first two home games, I've like you probably have have seen on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. I sit up in the press box for the first half, waiting for our on field promo to be ready, which runs in the third quarter. I like how you just dropped that in there. It's nice, except I will... I sit in the press box. I will share this story, and it's it's really sad. You ready for this? It's not the one where you... There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I fell, fell. up the stairs. Well, you mentioned that on the, oh my on the recap. Uh, for those How that missed that, I'm, my, my ego is still broken. Let me, see, let me see your forearms. How you doing? Oh, it's fine. The forearm's oh. fine. All right. Um, okay. For those that may have missed it. It was a commercial break, media timeout. I hopped up to go get a refill of my drink. These, these Which are is a thing you can do up there. These, yeah, I could just run up there because the you just the throw that fountain, out there like that's a the common fountain thing. was like thirty feet behind me, but I had to climb two. Just sets sitting of stairs. at the Jones, I'm gonna go get a refill of my drink. Come right back. But these were tall stairs, and I missed the first one. Caught myself enough to stumble on the next one, and then ate it. Um. That was one but of anyways, those, dude, are you okay moments? Yeah. So <laughs> people stop. <laughs> one of the media guys, like, luckily it was a, it was a media timeout. So they weren't like actively working. And I think it was like the, um, FM one Oh seven or like a hundred point seven guys, not 97, three, but like Sean Dillon, that, that group, uh, that's, uh, it wasn't him. Oh, it wasn't him. Okay. But it, I, I think it was that station. KFMX maybe, maybe I think they're in the same. So they, they sit on the end, maybe, of that second row. Anyways, it was right in front of where I, I fell. He's like, dude, you okay? I was so broken. I couldn't look up. At, I, I, I couldn't make eye contact with him. He's like, yeah, man, I just fell twice. I'll be okay. And I'm like scooping up the ice from my cup and trying to make clean up. Anyways, the, the point of me saying that from my vantage point, and the, especially leading up to the first half and then during the beginning of the game, I can't see the west side attendance. I can see the east side attendance. Right. And that's always, well, not always, but that that's usually the only view you see. And it's it was... When people post pictures of attendance. Right, because it, it's coming from the broadcast camera or right. angles or whatever. From people in the um, booth on a in a, in a climate-controlled area so calling out people leaving. Surprisingly... It's always a bug the, the heck out of me. The Lamar game was well attended in the first half. I don't... I don't fault anybody leaving that game no i, I yeah because it was 42 to zero at half this is not a game that anybody was going to be coming back from it's a, the first home game against fcs i that's that's fine 
problem I have was as it was the first home game, it was versus FCS, your next home game against Houston, a much more formidable opponent, you had far fewer people on the east side even for the game, and then the same kind of like halftime like hits, nobody comes back. Like the east side of that stadium was empty in the second half, basically. Well, do you think it has to do with the playoff time or playoff time, kickoff time? Because that side was Maybe. fully in the sun until the game was almost over. But it was also like 75 degrees. Yeah, 75 degrees is nice in the shade. It was humid a little bit. Yeah. The, the was, point is... It was humid for Lubbock, Texas. For those of you listening anywhere south or east <laughs> of here, we yeah. know how much y'all laughed just then. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was so humid out in Lubbock on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so take that with a grain of salt. But from my memory as, as a student... Obviously, I'm not looking behind me into the crowd from the east side and like checking it out. I don't remember the stadium ever emptying like that against teams, especially when the game was not in hand. Like at halftime, oh, yeah. it was, what was it 35 28 or 42? Th- no, it was 28 21. It was, it was a one score game yeah, where we Texas Tech had just taken down. the lead yeah. like three seconds ago. So, it was like, not in hand against a team that was picked to beat you. And the stadium empties out at halftime. Like, guys, what's going on? I know. I don't remember it doing that either. I Part of it was because we didn't know anybody who tailgated or had the money to tailgate <laughs> or, oh, yeah, I, or I, had the beer to tailgate or anything. You know, there wasn't another option. It was just we... You go to the game and get sunburned. Yeah, you go sunburned. <laughs> you go get some nachos. You might get a water if you're smart. I wasn't say, that smart. I probably got a Coke or a Dr. Pepper. You pay Pepper. $8 for one of those massive like drinks, then you like just hope it lasts right. the third quarter, and then you eat the ice in the fourth yeah. quarter. Now, we would leave. <laughs> part of part of the allure of it for me was my apartment was across the street, and so we would leave. I could see us leaving late third quarter sometimes uh, for a really blowout game, but – we didn't leave that much. We especially didn't leave and come back. If we left, we were done. And I don't know if that's how people feel or how that works, but when we left, it was end of the third quarter or, you know, midway through the fourth and you needed to get ready to go to wild West or something. (laughs) That was like the only, okay, this one's in the bag, either good or bad. then we, we might've left at that point, but, it wasn't. And, I don't think it was as bad as it is now. And here's the thing: that's also very different from me because even games that like wasn't a question, I stayed until the end for whatever reason. Like it was just like I'm at a game. I want to be at the game. Like there are only so many of these you can get. I'm 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 here to watch a football game. I'm going to be here for the football game. Um, and if you remember, my my first year as a fan as a student at Texas Tech was 2007. So there weren't like a whole lot of great home games. Oh, no. But no. I'm thinking back. I, I think I, I can remember. I've left two games early. And it was the Oklahoma State 66 to 66 6 game. 66 to 6. We oh. stayed for that one probably long, I, I, longer I than the, we should have. It was in the third quarter. I think it was it was after the 15 fumble kickoff return where Oklahoma State fell on it in the end zone for a touchdown and went up like 45 to 0 or whatever it was. It was like. All right, that's it. I've seen enough. You've seen enough. <laughs> There's no coming back. And this was the game where we, we get that guy that's got the guns up with his head down. 
Oh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful image. Because he stayed the whole time. Other game I remember leaving early was the last A&M game. Um, and it was pretty well in hand. Like Tech was getting beat pretty good. Um, we left. Well, I think we justified leaving early because we had to get on the road early the next morning. Oh, to, okay. To tr- drive like twelve hours, and then it was a blowout game. So, we'll see. Oh, so the two games happens. I left early. It's not. That's not a game. Like, these aren't games I leave early. Like these past two games, I've stayed until the the Matador song is over. Yeah. Like we scored one hundred and forty points in those two games, and I was in the I was in the stands. I so saying all that, I just don't get people that leave games early, especially ones that you pay for. If it's you, I'm not going to judge you, but stop. No, I'm I'm Stop. kind of I'm kind of on the opposite end of. <laughs> well, you paid for the seat. If you want to sit in it, you can. You can leave if you want. Uh, I don't think it necessarily makes you a bad fan. I think it depends on how you leave. Like if if you if you go out to the parking lot, I'm just gonna have another beer, and you get out there, and then all of a sudden you're down by 21, and you just decide, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm good. <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Uh, I, I mean, I've got to be careful because I'm plan on going to the West Virginia game. Or not plan on, I'm going to it. And it's an 11 a.m. game. And those are games you're really thinking, oh, gosh. If, if this is in hand, we might duck out just because <laughs> ooh, I'm going to be in the sun for a while on that one. But I, I don't think – it doesn't matter that much to me. It is kind of – I think the students leaving and not coming back is – is pretty t- telling and it's not something I like to see. And I don't remember it happening as much, but of course, rose colored glasses looking back through your college days. But I did stay uh, for the Houston game entirely because like I said, on the last, on our instant reaction, I think it was the first winning game I've been to since mm-hmm. 2015. So I, I was not going to miss the Matador song on a win and walking <laughs> out of the Jones and everybody's kind of buzzing and, Everybody's happy and doing Raider powers on the yeah concourse. Raider powers on the way. The saddle tramps have the bell coming out and they're driving, you know. To then you hear the then you hear the bells on campus too, which is a, something I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> so I making me cry, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, it was uh, it was fun. It was fun to be at a winning game, but I I think folks can do what they want with their seats or their butts, but. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look great on TV. I, w- I will tell you that. Yeah. All right. Let's. I, I, I'm sure we're gonna get roasted for had, either of these opinions. Well, so. I had one other thing to come back to my Art Brawls guy. Oh yeah, please. Which, please, please Kirby. I know you're listening. Please don't hire Art Brawls ever. Don't don't make us don't make us go through this. Yeah. But, if if you're gonna be hiring a new head coach, it's if Art Brawls is on your list, you should be fired too. Yeah. Let's just let's just end that conversation there. But what I wanted to point out too. I think this guy was determined to be mad before he left. and <laughs> Which is hard because like, at one point, Tech was up by three touchdowns. Oh, and I know he drove. He, his drive was at least three hours to get to this <laughs> game. And he, as, as soon as he said the second Art Browls after that second uh, outburst where the defense gave up a touchdown, pretty much the rest of the game he sat with his arms crossed and hardly said anything except to just say something to his wife and was on his phone the rest of the time. And then they left early, <laughs> getting back to leaving early. They left early in a good game where Tech was going to win. And, I mean, we're talking not like, oh, we got to get out. It's, 
you know, there's eight minutes left in the third quarter. We've, you know, we've got to get moving. No, there was like four minutes left in the fourth. I mean, what, what, how much traffic are you going to beat then? Just, just stay, just stay. Listen yeah, to the Matador song, enjoy the win. But it seemed like he just wanted to get worked up and be upset. And I think he achieved it, but I tried not to let him bring me down. All right, let's, let's, let's move on. We, we kind of touched on it on the instant reaction podcast, fantasy football league. Michael took the L again. Oh man, that's it, two in a row. It wasn't even close. Like it was, it was much closer when we checked it on Saturday. It was. I, I finished this week with 536 points. Michael finished at 452. 536 is by far the most points scored in our league. So and far. I thought I, I thought 450 was a lot. I did too. I, I think when, when I last looked, I still don't know who you had that completely took you over. But I feel like the last time I looked, you and I were about 12 points apart. And then someone just dominated. And I, I, I wonder still don't know was, who it was. Like if the points for Jamichael Hasty got calculated in there, because like I don't remember him being at high. He he finished the game with eighty five points. My quarterback Kyler Murray one fifteen. I tried to roll the dice with a, a backup running back from Oklahoma State, Chuba Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard. I'm sorry, I'm I'm butchering his title. Chuba Chuba or Chuba Hubbard? Either Anyways, one. That's some good. That's that's. Uh, I, I like that. Thirty two points to Justice Hill's thirty six. Uh, Daquan Bowman, even though the disaster he was, 69 points. Yeah, that's a lot for returns and stuff. Isaiah Zuber for for Kansas State, 115. CeeDee yeah. Lamb, 23. Like, dude, what are you doing? 23 points? Get out of here. Austin Sieber, 82, and the Texas defense, 15. Um, and then I, you know, I've, I've got a a couple guys that I might I may switch up for next week. Michael, you, you like I said on Saturday, you had a guy that put up zero points. I think he was injured. You just didn't catch it. Right. Which, well, I, which I'm okay with. No, it wasn't that I didn't catch it. It's that they didn't say it. <laughs> this, this, this app is is uh, it's got some faults. <laughs> Anyways, um, because it says it, there's a release now. Like, oh, uh, Denzel Mims is questionable whether or not he will play the next game, which is Oklahoma State. Or not, not Oklahoma State, but the week we play Oklahoma State. So that's this that week. doesn't help me at all. Yeah. So I've moved to two and one. Obviously, with commanding two and one, it's a two person league. Michael's a one and two. Oof. Um, I'm gonna I, give you the the update of, of my of my uh, my roster. Sorry, I, I do want to say this real quick. Just uh, pointing out the fact that West Virginia not playing this week. Does does affect me greatly because I have Billy Goat Greer and uh, Billy Goat the two, two the three I think I have two or three receivers. You've got like Greg Jen not Greg Jennings. That's a is it Jennings? Um, no, I don't think so. It's oh yeah, it is. It's Gary Jennings. Though. Gary Jennings. Gary it's Jennings like Greg Jr. Jennings' younger brother. <laughs> and then David Sills, and then of course Billy Goat Greer. So I. I, those three guys were on week. the bench, but Bowman, of course, was 190 points for me this last week. I, I can't complain about that. Yeah, so I've got I've got a Kyler Murray. Uh, OU is going up against Army this week. Jamichael Hasty going up against Kansas. I like that one. That one's tasty. Um, I've got to adjust my lineup, man. The running back Sermon from Oklahoma also going to, obviously going up against the Army. I'm going to leave Daquan Bowman in there for now. Obviously going against Oklahoma State. Zuber against West Virginia. 
and my pickup, my in-game pickup is Antoine Wesley. He, he picked it up. He picked it up while Houston was playing because he has that fancy Wi-Fi up there in the box. Oh yeah, it was nice. And I, you know, AT&T service has gotten a lot better at the Jones, but I don't know if I could have quite <laughs> beaten you to that. Once, I, once, we, once I realized what was happening, I think it was too late. I also re-picked up Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. He's finally starting to do some some damage. So I picked him back up, um, which means no, I don't want to say it. Uh, Chubba Hubbard is going to be on the bench for me. C.D. Lamb, Hakeem Butler, and Taylor Cornelius. I'm, I'm still I'm still trying to debate if I should uh, start the Texas Tech defense versus Oklahoma State. Probably not, or the Texas defense versus TCU. Well, I've not, got the TCU defense, so I'm not sure. If that helps influence your decision or not. And I also have Seth Collins, who I believe I'm going to. You should definitely start him. You should start him. I I think I'm going to see if I can shop around on the old waiver wire before I set my lineup. Uh, He hasn't produced a whole lot of points. I did have Darius Anderson on the bench last week, which was great because uh, he would have had, what was it? Um, 61 points for me in the the game against uh, Ohio State. So let's see, 452 plus 61. Uh, that still puts me losing by 23 points, but at least it would have been a more valiant effort. Yeah, I got to get better. That, that, that week one deal, I knew that was a fluke, but I was going to just take it all the best I could trying to feel like I actually knew what I was doing. I, I, I never I was do scared. with fantasy. I was scared of that one. Oh, man, especially college fantasy. This is a whole new world. So while we were recording, I made a move. What? I dropped the Texas defense, special teams, even though they did have that like uh, kick return for a touchdown, the, the blocked field goal, whatever. I don't like their matchup versus TCU. There was one tasty matchup I just had to grab. It's Iowa State versus Akron. Solid, solid. It's, it's Iowa down. State has a very good defense. That's not too bad. All right, um, but let's talk some football. What do you say? Yeah, I'm up for it. Dude, some, so, some real football. So your week one opponent, Ole Miss, got absolutely boat raced this weekend. Well, it was it was pretty drastic because the first time I checked it, there was 11 minutes left in the first quarter. So like it, four minutes into the game. Yeah, and it was tied seven to seven, and I thought. Okay, well, still, Bama's going to come out and win. Yeah, because... But, but wow. How did, just I like, didn't know how it happened. I just checked it on the app on my phone. Just like in the game against us, they, they hit a long touchdown pass really early on in the game. Okay, okay. And then Bama said, you're done. And they went over for like 55 minutes. 62-7. to seven. That is an SEC team versus another SEC team. So, the question is, do we want Bama... No. <laughs> no, we don't. If we're going to talk about the transitive property, no. that means we lose by, what, 80? <laughs> yeah, th- we, we, we kind of threw out this is the transitive property update because what does this even mean? What does this even mean for Tech? Does this, does this mean Ole Miss? I mean, we, you would get kind of mixed match reactions after the Ole Miss game of, well, no, they're actually going to be pretty good. They're really good this year. They're, they have a really – pretty good team or, or you get people say, Oh no, tech is terrible. Tech's going to be awful. So you kind of get the both ends of the spectrum. Well, I, I, it was Bama. Okay. Let's give them that. It was it Bama. Was Bama. I, and, I agree. and they beat Ole Miss by the same kind of ridiculous score last year. It was like 63 to two or something. 
Maybe they just have their number. And Anyways. it was at home. Yeah, it was good. It was good times. <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. Arizona State, we thought they were a dumpster fire. This is against an FCS team in southern Utah, 62-31. to 31. Yeah, but they had a close first half. I think the... Uh, I think they were within a touchdown after the first half because I saw that pop up a lot on, on but, Twitter and stuff. I think they no okay. I've got it pulled up. They were they were only up twenty four to seventeen at halftime oh to gosh. the Southern Utah Thunderbirds, but then they scored twenty four unanswered points in the third quarter, which you should against an FCS team, right? But so you what gave does that up, mean? You gave up thirty one points from the FCS team, like not even a good one. I, I just, the transitive property is such a fun exercise because it doesn't, it's not truly transitive. It's so, an apples oranges deal, but. I still think we would beat Arizona by like a hundred. I think we would be, <laughs> so I don't think Southern Utah could move the ball. Like if we're going to talk about transitive property, I, I want them. Um, and I want to. You want Southern Utah? Just, just to see you records. You heard that here being, first. Just right? to see records being set. Okay. So this weekend, Texas Tech is on the road. At Stillwater, we've got a great uh, interview coming up here in a few minutes. But let's talk about what the the festivities this weekend at the twenty three personnel North HQ. Yeah, HQ North. I'm I'm having I'm having the gang over. So excited. Yeah, um, I'm having Spencer and Keith. And Mike Labar, my friend Chad, and all their your friend Chad. You just dropped that. He's my yeah, friend Chad. He is my friend Chad. All in all their respective spouses and or children mine will not be here they they have a, a harry potter party that i'm oh that does ashamed take precedence to be announcing that they're gonna be going to <laughs> they, they invited me they were like i have a standing of I, it was I, nice that I they invited invi- you i have an invitation somewhere else guys thanks no we've uh we've uh, we've amassed a group that's going to be coming over here to hq north but you amassed it's gonna be a late night it is it, it's a late kick we're, we're gonna we're have gonna... the noise machine turned up extra loud so our little one doesn't <laughs> doesn't wake up but she slept through me setting off the house alarm before so i think she'll be okay <laughs> i don't know how that happened but yeah you're gonna have a, a large group of us here i think the thing that we're excited for the game obviously it'll be good it'll be good to cheer because as my time in the press box has shown i, I have oh, yeah, a hard time being quiet stone silent yeah it's especially again like so lamar was a little easier was like this you is lash lamar. out a little more in slack when you're <laughs> up in the press box i've noticed and it was funny because like i was like Spencer, stop. Nobody's talking. Like, nobody's responding. It's just me talking to myself. I was like, I guess it's okay because I'm not, like, getting kicked out of the press box for making too much noise. Yeah, yeah. But there were times, like, especially in the Houston game, I was like, get him, get him. And I was like, wait, who hurt me? No, 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 no. I didn't mean, uh, yes. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It wasn't me. I was trying to get this moth out of here. <laughs> there was a bug. Yeah. No, but I was going to say, you um, you have put together quite the menu. I have. Because um, if, if we're not anything, we're consistent about bringing up food on the 23 personnel podcast. We've got it. We've got to bring food it in and sports clash. The goal line. And this is organic. It was kind of sort of <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm muy, muy excited. Okay. Well, the, the Such menu, terrible Spanish. Are, the, the menu so far and so far, like, like it's going to change. Well, you know, we might call an audible. I don't think it's going to change too much. Uh, Shoot. So far. What? I was going to, so I, I signed up to bring soda. So I was going to bring it over here. It's like, Hey, can I just leave these over here? So oh, you nice totally cool. could have. Yeah. I didn't bring them. Oh I man. We're going to have hot, hot sodas. I, I can bring them like earlier Saturday morning or <laughs> I could put them in the fridge and then bring it. I don't know. Sorry. Interruption. Michael, the menu is the menu is okay. 
We're having pulled pork, what? jalapeno cheddar sausages. You can just stop. Well, no. No, I'm gonna. I'll keep going. Jalapeno poppers, mm. smoked pecans, sopapilla cheesecake, uh, chips and queso provided by you and Labar, and then Keith is bringing some fried okra salad, which I don't even know what that is. Me neither, but, but it I'm, involves fried okra. I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm excited. excited about anything that has salad in it that's not really a salad. Did you ever watch our How Much Mother? Uh, uh, yeah. So there's a Thanksgiving episode where they're putting together the Erickson family salad. And it's like a seven-layer salad. Of yeah, because like, they're from Minnesota or yeah, something, right? It's like um, mayonnaise and gummy bears and Pringles. <laughs> it's like, it's not a salad. <laughs> that's perfect. That's a Midwest salad. Yeah. So the the items that have jalapeno in the title have me raring to go. Oh, yeah. Jalapeno cheddar sauce. Like, there may not be one to be shared with the group. Well, these will, this it is, may, they may all end up on my plate yeah. and then consumed by me. Everything I'm cooking except for the sopapilla cheesecake is going to be on the smoker. And oh, I am so not good. cooking the sopapilla cheesecake. That's definitely my wife doing that. And I'm not smoking the queso. No smoked queso? No, it's just going to be straight crock pot. Disinvited. <laughs> I love the big the big, uh, big voice guy. So we actually had an offer from somebody to, the, to redo our intro or to, to have somebody read an intro. Yeah. Legit like, I would be big voice guy. Yeah. Um, who actually has some time on the radio. So if if Chad hangs around, we may do like a dueling big voice guy <laughs> voice offs. We could I guess we could. Welcome to the twenty three personnel <laughs> podcast. It's gonna be good. It'll be yeah, the the podcast will be lit. Because we'll be recording the, the it like instant 10, reaction podcast. Ten or ten thirty PM after uh much libations. Yeah, there will be Modelo and Shinerbach flowing amongst whatever else these and, folks decide to bring. And Diet Coke. And Diet Coke. There will be <laughs> and and Lacroix. Lacroix, Lacroix water. Got got some that sparkling water. So we're just really excited about that. I'm I'm also really excited about the post game podcast. We don't know how we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. Logistically, there may be a lot of like like noise from the microphones. I'm trying to shake it to like. Here we go. Like a lot of this, we hand stuff around, banging around, or just more ambient noise from using really low quality mics just to, to capture people. But there will be like seven people here on the podcast. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. It's going to be like it a may not be coverage. It may not be very focused, especially if we lose. Maybe just a lot of being it, being and emming. Yeah, there might be complaining, moaning. Yeah. Oh, fire Kingsbury now. <laughs> Make him catch his own flight home. Haven't lost their, or haven't won there since so one. It's his fault. Yep. Speaking of though, that was when he was playing. Let's go ahead and 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 get to the preview. Um, we've got Brian from the Cowboy State podcast joining us for the Oklahoma State preview this week. All right, so I've got Brian from the Cowboy State podcast with me, a, a show that does all. Oklahoma State Athletics, helping me preview this weekend's game. Brian, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as we said, we're going to do a little bit of a, a preview of the game with somebody that, that knows Oklahoma State just a little bit better than, than we do. Uh, I guess we just want to just jump right into it. And let's talk about uh, some of the Oklahoma State offense because that's something that, um, I guess, around the conference – you know, it just seems like this year might not be a very strong year, but 
Oklahoma State just seems to have really solid running back talent and and you know you guys have, have Justice Hill he was you know outstanding last year picked right up where you know he left off last year um but so besides Hill which is you know a handful and he's scary enough scary enough as it is by himself who else should the the tech fans be be aware of going into this weekend's game yeah, that, that's a good point. We do, we do have a lot of running backs, um, Justice Hill and J.D. King carrying the bulk of the load. And, and um, you know, Justice really hasn't touched the ball as much as, as we're accustomed to seeing. I think he only has like 25 carries on the year or somewhere in that ballpark. And, um, so I expect him to see a lot more touches this weekend. But but outside of Justice, um, I, I would if I was Tech, I would keep an eye. I think a name you're going to hear quite a bit is Tylen Wallace. He's a sophomore this year. He uh, he didn't play a whole lot last year as a true freshman, but he's a he was a highly recruited athlete um, last year. We just you know playing behind people like James Washington and Marcel Aitman didn't get to see the field uh, quite so much and just kind of getting used to the offense. But this year, um, he's averaging like 17 yards a catch um, through three games and. And he's just a guy that can go downfield and go up and, and grab the ball at, at a high point. And I think he's going to need to do that against a team like Tech. So, um, you know, if if Cornelius can can kind of make some of his throws downfield that he's been struggling with, I, I keep your eye on on Tylen Wallace. So, speaking of some of your wide receivers, guy that a lot of Tech fans will be familiar with is Tyron Johnson. I don't know if you were familiar with his recruitment out of high school. Um, but he was basically or essentially down to Texas Tech and uh, LSU and then ended up cho- choosing LSU. And then when he came back up for, for a transfer, everybody was thinking, well, if he didn't come the first time, we'll, we'll get him the second time. And he obviously ultimately ended up choosing Oklahoma State. W- what is his role in this this offense in his, what, second or third year on, on campus now? Yeah, being his second year on campus, you know, last year, um, that, that's a nice nugget. I did not know that, that Texas Tech uh, and LSU were battling for him uh, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah it's, not usually, it's not usually a, a, a matchup you see for, for recruiting uh, athletes out of Louisiana. But. <laughs> well, we, we kind of were familiar with that as well. But uh, it, was, it, was pretty, it was pretty good to see him come on campus last year, you know, big-time five-star guy. Um, you, you don't see that come to Oklahoma State very often. So we, we had high expectations for him last year, even with our receiving court. You know, he didn't see a whole lot of action. He kind of had a coming out party against OU. Um, but, you know, that's 10 games into the year. And then this year we expect him to take big steps forward. And I think he has. Um, he does, we don't have a quarterback like we did last year. But his role, I, I think, for the most part, will – we're playing on the outside. Um, we do line them up occasionally um, on the inside and run a quick slant. But I, I think with his speed, you're going to see him more coming down the outside um, and just kind of spreading you guys out, making you guys um, think about defending the deep ball um, every time he's on the field. Yeah, absolutely. So a guy you mentioned uh, just a few seconds ago, but before we move over the defense, let's talk about your quarterback, Taylor Cornelius. Um Probably not somebody guys around the conference would be familiar with if they're not, you know, following Oklahoma State closely. Can you tell us a little bit about his story, how he guess, transitioned from walk-on to starter, and and what kind of quarterback we were, we're going to be looking at on Saturday? Yeah, he, he's a very interesting story. He um, 
he hasn't until the, until the Missouri State game. He hadn't started a game in seventeen hundred days, and, and he's from the West Texas area. I think Bushland, Texas, is where he played his high school ball. And uh, I actually have a few friends from Amarillo, and they said that um, you know they kind of follow some stuff back home, and they said that he was he was quite an athlete, and I didn't know much about him. I just knew he'd probably be a backup for four years and move on, and and he. You know, he's had a lot to to back up coming in after Mason Rudolph, but I think he got to learn from from a pretty good um, role model, and I think he's taken the reins very well. He, he's still adjusting, I think, to the speed of play, um, you know, outside of practice and scrimmages, but we really didn't have a whole lot of quarterbacks. Um, we didn't recruit – I would say we didn't recruit that well um, the past few years. Um, while Mason Rudolph kind of took the reins, we, we recruited a guy named uh, Keandre Woodkey and Jelani Woods, who has recently moved to what we call our cowboy back position, similar to a fullback or a tight end. And basically that left us with Cornelius and then a, a true freshman, Spencer Sanders. And we did pick up a uh, transfer from Hawaii, Drew Brown, but they did not arrive on campus until um, – Spencer Sanders, I don't think he arrived until June, late June, and then um, our transfer from Hawaii did not arrive until August. So it was pretty much his job to lose, and I think he, he's earned it thus far, and I think he'll, he'll continue to play well. Um, but but he, the OSU fan base has got to recognize he's not going to be a Mason Rudolph. He, he is who he is, and, and um, it's something we got to learn to live with. Sure. What what kind of what kind of skills does, does he have? Is he more of like a like is he is he real accurate in short to intermediate? Is he somebody that's gonna just throw the deep ball all, all over Tech? Like what what kind of quarterback is he? Does he run the ball? Um, you know, just just kind of yeah. give us a little bit of yeah, a, a, a preview of, of what we can expect from Cornelius. Yeah, I would say that um, you know he he really struggles throwing the ball downfield with accuracy. We've had many opportunities. Um, against some inferior opponents, and then we played Boise last week. But there's been times where he's he's had guys open down the field, and, and they've been underthrown. Um, so people have come to, had to come back, and make a play, and and then you know didn't hit him in stride with an opportunity to take it to the house. So I would say that's where he, he struggles, and I think I want to continue to see him uh, throw the ball downfield. I think. Uh, I think Tech's a, a good opportunity for him to improve on that. Possibly, I would like to see them continue to let him work on that part of his game. And then the strong part of his game is, is quick release. He gets rid of the ball quick um, on the short and intermediate throws, and he zips it in there. I think his arm is probably stronger than Rudolph's. I wouldn't say it's uh, more accurate. Um, not more. I take that back. It's not more accurate on the long ball, but I'd say on intermediate throws, he. That may be something that, that he does do better than Mason Rudolph did. And then from a running perspective, I, I honestly don't know. Last week we ran him a lot, and I think it threw Boise off, um, threw him off for a while for most of the game. We do a lot of RPOs and draws, and uh, it was kind of it was odd to see as an OSU fan. We're not used to seeing that that type of play. Yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna ask because. Um... Basically, the 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 best game to get a feel for for what we can expect from Oklahoma State was last week against Boise State uh, when you guys were hosting the Broncos. But 
the Texas Tech game was also at the same time. So, you know, if you're watching the, the Tech game, you weren't able to, to really get much of the Oklahoma State game. Um, with with this new, uh, I guess, group, not not new, I should say, but um, maybe some new faces starting at receiver and, and especially at quarterback, is this, uh, is this an offense that's going to rely much more heavily on the run? I mean, I say that. O- Oklahoma State's always been a really powerful running team. Um, but is this is this something where it's it's going to be a little more heavily leaning that way, or is it is it still going to be pretty balanced? Or um, no, knowing Gundy the way the way that we do, I, I would say he's going to try to keep it as balanced as possible uh, through our first three games. I, I would say it's been about fifty fifty, but um, a game that probably no one really watched was when we played South Alabama, and they were putting eight nine in the box, and, and despite being up three or four touchdowns. We had no option but to throw it because um, we just we weren't going to run the ball with that many people in the box. So uh, this year, I expect us to still be a 50-50 team. Um, we sh- I would like to see us rely on the run a little more with with all the backs that we do have, especially not not just having those backs, but their their athletic ability. And I I think that they could pull. I think our first two to three backs could play on about any any big 12 team immediately. Um, so I think we should rely on the backs more. We have, um, more of a workload to carry it. Yeah. I, I, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't disagree with you on, on your, your running back starting basically anywhere else. Uh, especially, you know, we're, we're looking at, at Texas tech and, um, we've been down our, our number one running back for a couple of weeks now. Um, <sighs> our number two guy's been ready, maybe in shorts and a Jersey on the sideline. Uh, not sure what, what's keeping him out. We've been rolling with three, four, and five, and um, and they looked fine. But I mean, it, we, you know, we've we've played Ole Miss, we've played um, Lamar and Houston, um, and we've just had abysmal rushing totals. So it, it'd be nice if we had some <laughs> some some uh, true all Big Twelve conference type of talent back there uh, running the ball. Let's 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 kind of transition to, to defense really quickly while I still have you. Um, we see that Oklahoma State is kind of racking up some sacks this season already. Uh, three games, you guys have 16 sacks, and six and a half of them are coming from Jordan Brailford. Um, is this is this like the 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 strong point of the defense? Are are, are they going to be creating havoc, or is this something where you guys kind of feasted on on your non conference opponents? I think it's a little bit of both. I think we just played such such inferior opponents to start out the year, except for Boise, um, that we were kind of able to bully ourselves around and, and uh, or bully the other team around and get in the backfield. However, uh, with our new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, he does play a little more aggressive. Uh, it seems like there's not as much scheme with him from what the players ha- have talked about to the media. There's There's less scheme, more aggression. Um, kind of an easier defense to to understand, kind of straightforward. And so, I mean, honestly, I I don't know if it's going to continue or not. Or not. I hope so. <laughs> That'd be great. Right. But one thing I would like to point out is Jordan Brailford had three and a half sacks in the first half against Boise. So, yeah, that's a pretty good opponent to to do that kind of work against. So, I would like to see him continue to do that. But I think. You know that's going to take notice of a lot of coaches in the Big Twelve, and and maybe that'll open up an opportunity for someone else. 
But I think we'll continue to see more production than last year. But I wouldn't expect to see what you saw the first three games. Uh, not quite like that. Sure. Where, where does where does Brailford typically line up? He he normally lines up uh, kind of on the outside right is what I've noticed. Um, he he does move around a little bit. Sometimes I've seen him stand up and even and kind of play like a kind of like a Ronkwa played last year for OU. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time he, he's in a stance, but but uh, yeah, he most times I see him get in there. He he's blowing up the the outside and getting around, and it helps with having Calvin Bundage. Um, as well on that defensive side of the ball because he, he's been able to play really aggressive this year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something we'll probably talk about a little bit more when we do the Texas Tech preview, but the probably the strength of the offense for Texas Tech is the offensive line. Um, you know, we, we, we saw them take on a, a, a talent like, like an Ed Oliver and, um, you know, just – Hoping, <laughs> you can't really kind of hope. Cause it's not a, it's not a strategy or a, or anything. But, um, you know, t- taking that kind of experience and and applying it to, I guess, other other talent across the conference that, you know, um, Texas Tech may be able to use their, their their strength on the offensive line to maybe not neutralize a talent like, like a Brailford, but to to slow them down enough that, um, you know. Alan Bowman can get the ball out of his hands uh, quicker, or you know, run, run away from Brailford. You know, run the other other direction. Right. Um, all right, we've got one more question for you, and it, I don't know where this came out. I, I guess I saw it on Twitter this morning. Um, it was a terrifying image, really, <laughs> from the Boise State game. It was, it was from the field level, looking up uh, from the back of the Boise State offense, and it was looking towards the. Uh, the end of the end, uh, the end of the stadium that was uh, renovated several years ago, towards your your guys' big video board, and it was an image of Gary Busey's face, and it was, like I said, it, it was just terrifying. What, who who's to blame for that? <laughs> I honestly think it might be Coach Gundy. You know, he's he's known to get some publicity, and that just may be another one of his stunts that that he likes to throw out there. You know that would go viral. He's he's always trying to get OSU in the news. It seems, and he's pretty successful at it. So um, I think it was just maybe another another thing to to bring attention to the program. And uh, I'm just kidding. I don't know who did that, but that <laughs> that was very very clever. Whoever came up with that, it, it was scary. I was there in person to witness it, and, and I can't imagine um, the way we were getting after their quarterback, looking up there and seeing that on third down. Um, you know, that must have been a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I did want to go back, you were talking about uh, your your offensive line and our um, our, D, our D-line, that matchup. I honestly don't think you guys will have too much trouble uh, with us and, and let Bowman hold on to the ball. I think I think you guys uh, get rid of the ball quickly, so I don't know if we'll have an opportunity to get in the backfield. Yeah, and it's, it's one thing that Bowman has showed. It's, I guess, a combination of him – um, releasing the ball pretty quick, and also some of the play calling to, to take advantage of throwing it real quick. Uh, you know, real fast developing routes. He doesn't hold the ball very long, uh, and if it is, it's it's usually more of a prayer to one of the outside receivers, um, which have been working so far. But uh, those those you can't count on those working all all the time. 
So it, that'll be one of the things that I'll be interested to watch is the the matchup of the Texas Tech offensive line versus your guys' defensive line. Um, I said one more question when I was talking about the, the Busey image. I actually want to talk about the game. The, the over-under and the line, I guess. So over-under, I think I've seen it as high as 79.5, and, and right now yeah. it's um, Tech plus 13.5. Where do you see this game going? Uh, I don't think it's going to hit the over. I, I hold my breath there. I mean, you know, two teams like ourselves, high-powered offenses. I think our defense has improved. I think we're going to try to run the ball. Um, we're just, we're going to be balanced, but I think we're going to run the ball more than we have in the past probably against you guys. And I don't think last year's game was probably over 80. I, I think that may have been a little lower scoring for a Tech OSU matchup so i'm going to stick with the under on this and i do think texas tech is going to cover i think they have enough offense uh your your freshman quarterback it'll be interesting to see how he does and he is a freshman right he's a true freshman yes sir true freshman it'll be interesting to see how he does on the road in, in an environment like stillwater um his first road game um i think he, he looks like the real deal so um i think he's going to be able to keep it close but it'll tell a lot for you guys, and it'll tell a lot about our defense going up against a uh, talent like you have. I think you guys cover. I can see this being a um, a thirty-eight twenty-seven type type ball game. Yeah. So his um, his first action was against Ole Miss, but it was in in Houston uh, in NRG Stadium. So it was more of a neutral site game there. And then of course the last two games have been at home. So yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how he res- responds to his first true road game uh, in an environment like Stillwater. Um, you know, from the Texas Tech, you know, from from this this game's history, you don't have to go, you know, you don't have to you know dig very far to find somebody that that doesn't know that Texas Tech hasn't won this game since two thousand eight, and then before then it's been another like ten years. But you know, it's been like one in eighteen <laughs> for well, for Texas gotta, Tech. You the, pay, so you got to play the law of averages. You guys are due, I think. So that's kind of scary part part for us is you're sitting here going, you know, it's. Or she doesn't have very many nine-game winning streaks against opponents. We've been pretty successful against you in, in Texas lately, but um, yeah, I mean, eventually, eventually something happens. It doesn't. That, that's not the status quo. Um, something, something you didn't mention uh, is the the weather. It's it's looking like it's going to be rainy and, and sixty-five to seventy degrees. So that may also keep um, keep the run heavy run game. Yeah, we we had some rain forecast this weekend uh, against Houston, but it ended up staying south of us. We didn't get any rain. Um, again, for a true freshman like, like Bowman, to see kind of how he deals with being in the elements, especially on the road. Um, well, Brian, I want to thank you for your time tonight. Uh, where can people find you if they want to listen to your podcast, follow you on Twitter, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, you guys, um, for those listeners out there, you guys can hop on and uh, hop on Twitter and look up Cowboy underscore State One um, and check us out. We have uh, we just launched earlier, right before the season started this summer, and and uh, looking to continue to provide uh, a lot of OSU athletic co- athletics content. So uh, give us a check. Absolutely, guys. Um, like I said, Brian, th- thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Good luck to you guys on the, on the game this week and make sure everybody stays healthy. Um, I want to thank you for joining us again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time. So it's always great to have guests on the podcast and you're not just listening to us. We thank Brian and 
the Cowboy State podcast for joining us on the Oklahoma State preview. It's, I don't know, I'm not looking forward, well, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm not confident in Tech's ability to pull off the upset. I don't know if you've seen it, Michael. If you're listening to the podcast, you heard that Tech is plus 13 and a half right now. Yeah, my friend Adam's been, uh, he's been keeping me up to date with this line. So we're, we're, Michael and I are going to do our, our predictions. Obviously, if you're listening through the episode, you hear that I picked Oklahoma State to win this game, but Tech to cover. That's as, because Michael didn't hear that point. That's all I'm going to say. Michael, what do you, how do you think the game's going to go? Speaking of my friend Adam, we were talking about <laughs> lines that we would feel comfortable with putting money on Tech, and we were leaning more towards 17-ish. Ooh. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, guys. I I do not feel good about this at all. Uh, you know, you ho- always hope to catch Oklahoma State on a quote-unquote down year, but they haven't had one in a while. At least it not where we're concerned. But say, or it hasn't lined up with your good year. Right. Or you catching them on a bad year in yeah. Lubbock. Or, or two years ago, that crazy game where – if, if we'd have hit a oh PAT, we might have at least gone to overtime. Or and the year before that, when we were up by seventeen, then lost by then seventeen. Lost. Yeah, just complete That's a swing. Five touchdowns, seventy to fifty three. I was there. Yes, we for we, that one. We definitely talked about that with Brian. Uh, so it was. I, I'm not confident. Um, I could possibly change my mind before we release our picks, but if if we're going with this spread. I am going to pick Oklahoma State to cover, and obviously that means Ooh, I just I just don't see us coming out with it. Yeah. So, just for for Michael's sake, I, I picked like I said Oklahoma State to win, Texas Tech to cover. It'll be closer to like it'll be it'll be pretty close to the line. I think it'll be like a ten or eleven point game. It won't feel that close. Like Oklahoma State will be in control. You may score late to kind of close the gap a little bit, or. Oklahoma State always responds to one of your scores and just keeps you at arm's length. Um, because you weren't in on the preview, do you have any any notes or preparations you did that you wanna you wanna touch on? Not, I mean, probably nothing. <laughs> probably nothing to that would uh, it's, that would be any better than someone who uh, really difficult does an Oklahoma State podcast. That's right, for sure. Really difficult ask for Michael to then throw in his Oklahoma State preview after no, I, one. No, I, hear I, it. I know those. I mean. Those guys are, they've definitely got a lot better grasp of it than I ever would. But uh, this team, I, I think the big number that's been floating around, they've got the most sacks in the nation right now with 16. They got seven of them last week. Boise State was not just some random team. I think their front line is uh, is going to be really tough to handle. Of course, our guys but really did well. your offensive line's pretty good, too. Yeah, I so. mean, did great against Ed Oliver. Uh so two years in a row. Yeah. So I, that's, that doesn't worry me as much as just, uh, the secondary, uh, our secondary is still such a big concern for me. Well, don't forget. They also have justice Hill. Yes. So, and they well, can run the, the ball, point, run the ball, run the ball. The point I was making is like, well, our run defense is probably the stronger po- point of our defense. It doesn't mean justice Hill won't get his right, but they'll open up. Cornelius will have, they'll open that up, have opportunity to open this game up through the air yeah and with his feet because he can scramble yeah, we'll around see. too a little bit but i i see it kind of i i don't want it to go this way but i see it going similar to old miss where you get down a little bit and then you just kind of like 
just kind of echoing what you said where it you're only down by 10 but then you just can't scrape out of it then all of a sudden you're down by 17 again and then all of a sudden you're down by 20 and you know you just you're down by you're it. down by 20 and you're then you're, oh now i'm only down by 13 oh, at least there'll be good food again. at least there'll be good food yeah there, there should be good food uh good times yeah <laughs> the, the atmosphere at, at hq north will be fun but um sorry to be debbie downers on that i as great as the offense looked last week, the defense gave me a lot of pause, and uh, I, I'm not feeling too confident going into a place that we haven't won since I've been in high school, and I'm and I'm old. You you, you have had some enter, entertaining games up there. The from my experience as a Texas Tech fan, like realize it starts in 2007. That 2007 game in in Stillwater Crabtree was pretty entertaining. Like yeah. it was heartbreaking that Crabtree dropped the oh, game you've had some yeah it's not like they've all been blowouts by any means no. I, I don't know if it was game tying or would have been game winning touchdown uh then your defensive coordinator does not make the trip back to lubbock right you get the uh, ruffin mcneil installed and then he does super well maybe should have been the head coach at one point yeah yeah but who's you know no one's keeping count and then no the, one's keeping score of that the one win i have witnessed of texas tech over oklahoma state happened in 2007 Right, or sorry, eight. 2008 here and then 2009 back to the losing ways yeah and then it gets ugly there like and ugh, i don't want to go I mean, and you don't want to be the history guy because really two there's no one it's not like it's not like there's someone on this team that was on the the 01 team that won last in stillwater who's gonna get them to to win or i mean you except know except for the head coach yeah yeah that's what i'm saying he was he was on there but the, there's um, just no, I, I don't know. I, I I don't want to pin too much on the history aspect of it. I think it just sure. has more pressure, adds more pressure to the to the players and the coaches. But and what stuff. about pressure to Oklahoma State? Because this is something that Brian mentioned. It's like, well, the law of averages says that like Texas Tech should be getting the swing back here. He pointed out the like the all time series record is like seventeen and seventeen. It was like evenly tied, which means for a time you owned Oklahoma State as badly as they're owning you now or have been. Well, and especially in Lubbock. So I forgot what it was, but it I don't know if they ever won in Lubbock until 2009 or something. No, 10. It would have been had to have been 10. Yeah, it was 2009 or yeah, you're right. I think it was 2010. 9 would have been like a Zach Robinson game where Well, 9 I would have been he in Stillwater like, possibly. Yeah. But but that knocked may out have been, of the game. Well, and that may have been the realignment where they kind of switched stuff up. That's we true. may have gone to the same anyway. It took them a while to win at Lubbock, and then yeah, they haven't had a problem. <laughs> so, all right, um, let's get to some of your questions. Thanks for for tu- for chiming in. Great um, questions, guys. Especially since I sent out the call for questions like an hour before we were supposed to start recording. Red Raider reset, man. Another great question. Does Bowman's throwing motion bother anyone but me? I had to look at some video to kind of get at what he was saying. At first, the only thing I could see was he does kind of sling it sidearm here and there not every time but he does sling it sidearm but Mahomes did that quite a bit but I think what he's talking about is how he doesn't fully I can't explain it he doesn't fully extend his arm when he throws it's like instead of going kind of over your head when he throws it's like he keeps his hand at the same level as his head just more like and keeps his elbow down like a shot put throw kind of <sighs> more like you're swinging a hammer. Oh, okay. If that makes any sense. This is, I'm I will trying have to go to back dis- and watch. Yeah. That, that's the only thing I can think of is it, 
it is a little bit different. Um, I wouldn't say it bothers me, but I, I there was something say... different about it, and that's all I could pick out. He, you may have to give us some more, uh, more what you're seeing, reset man, because it. I, th- I think that's what I saw at least. Because here's the thing: like he's been effective so far, and, and maybe, right. maybe maybe this is contributing to him not throwing downfield too much. I don't, I'm not sure. When he does throw downfield, he's been fairly successful and efficient because he's thrown to TJ Vasher and Antoine Wesley who have enormous catch radiuses and can just one hand, basically anything thrown their way. Um, well, there was one pass, but I, th- I think, it, I don't remember if it was against Houston or Lamar, but I feel like he slung it from one twenty to the other 20. So he's got some arm strength. Yeah, for it's sure. not, it's not like Mahomes who could do that off the wrong foot rolling, <laughs> rolling left, you know, it's, <laughs> he could throw right 60 yards rolling right. left. I mean, it, but he's got some arm strength, but I think I see what he's saying is he, he you, you picture someone, you picture someone throwing a baseball and they kind of throw it completely. They fully extend their arm out and kind of over their head, but Bowman's elbow seems like it stays tucked and he's just like throwing a dart almost. It's throwing a dart, swinging a hammer, throwing a dart, swinging a hammer. To, I have to go Great look Great imagery. Up. Um, all right, let, let's talk about something. So we talk, we talked about this on the podcast on the interview with with uh, Oklahoma State guys, but this is something that came out on Twitter. It's a terrifying image from the Boise State game where a photographer on the field was behind the Boise State offense as they're driving towards the. I'm not sure what side of the stadium it is, but it's the one that was renovated several years ago. It's got the massive Huge video, board. video screen, yeah. I don't know if it's a still image or a video, but it is like it's it's orange tinted. Like they've replaced colors and just kind of oranged it out, but it's a Gary Busey's face and the most terrifying contortion from this man you can imagine. And it's what the offense is looking into. And they said they played on third downs and it's like it's obnoxious in the stadium. It's like I, I, oh my gosh, I, I couldn't imagine going against that. So Brian asks, yeah, with that, with that in your head, think. Okay, here we go. What actor would be a more terrifying video board distraction than Baytown's own Gary Busey? I think you could get a good Nick Cage going. First, I'd like to address this. I did not know that Gary Busey was from Texas. Me neither. I did not know he was a Baytown native. Uh, so I learned something already, Brian, and I think, yeah, there's definitely some great screen stills and some photos of Nick Cage looking pretty wild. Yeah, Spencer just did the face, and I know exactly which one he's talking about, where he's got his head back and his eyes are kind of bugged out. And I asked my wife this before we started recording. I've got a couple. I've got a couple of them, Brian. Uh, and she immediately went with Jack Nicholson. That's a good one from from The Shining. Yeah, from either The Shining or I would even include from uh, Batman because his Joker. There's there's some photo edits of him as the Joker that are black and white that are just oh my gosh they're they're as creepy as looking at it or something. It, it's kind of like a clown, a really creepy, sad clown. So okay, Jack Nicholson's on the list. I would also put. She also put Heath Ledger as the Joker in there, but you know I don't know. I think I think that's there are some people. That I think that's a little creepy, but mine, I think it's overplayed. My list is 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 this and only this: Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka, 
when they're in that damn tunnel and the rowers keep on rowing and all that <laughs> crap, that would that would haunt me. We'll see the the context. And I think there, they should though. play it. Oh, yeah. They should play it where he's screaming at the end and he's talking about the fires of hell are glowing and you know all that other stuff. I think they should just completely play it and and go for the whole thing. And it's it's already kind of tinted the same way that that Gary Busey photo is. What do you got over there? Looks like you're looking up something really good. So I've and it may need context. I don't know if there's a good screenshot of it, but I think if you get a good. Um, Gosh, what's his name? Javier Bardem. Oh, Bardem from, Javier Bardem from like No, no Country, Country for, for Old Men. Men. Okay, from oh. Anton Sugar. I, I think I think you can get a, a pretty good. Oh, here's one. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's a good thought. Here's a picture. I'm showing Michael. Oh, of course, it's, it's the not one. helpful. It's like right like right as he's he's laying on the floor. I, I can't remember if that's the one where he's he's trying to fix himself from after he's hurt in the bathroom, maybe. Yeah. No, remember. no. There's another screenshot. It's oh, he's choking a guy. He's choking a dude. That's what out. he is. <laughs> he's he's got that deranged look on his face. He's like staring up at the ceiling. Anyways, there's another one from that actor. Oh, I didn't even think about that. There's another one from the actor who was in. Uh, he was the bad. He was the Bond villain in Skyfall, and I can't remember the actor's name, but he he had this huge prosthetic piece. That he, oh that yes. he takes out of his mouth and like it, like it also part of his like his sinus and his cheekbone yeah. structure and like his like when he face takes changes that out. like maybe just when he that that might be a good image if we could find that, that one but but you know you can't get the the Busey one's great it is I can't there argue was, too there much was one on that. more I thought of and I'm I'm gonna have to come back to it now but um I can't I can't even remember the, the name of the movie so it's really not helpful to be spending any time on this. Okay, Kyle Lang, would you? Ra- and I don't know if it's Lang or Long. Sorry, dude. Yeah, sorry. Would you Kyle. rather face one offense with Patrick Mahomes at QB or eleven Baker Mayfields playing every position on 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 offense? I'll hang up and listen. I know, I know my answer. <sighs> Do you know yours? Like I'm it, I'm I'm gonna say Patrick Mahomes is quarterback, only really? because only because. There are some pieces around him that won't, obviously we've seen it, that won't contribute to automatic success. With Mayfield, we saw he could do it himself a lot of the times. And having 11 of them may be interesting. No, I I would rather I would rather play 11 Baker Mayfields cuz I think they'd all fight each other to the death before the game ended. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh there would there's only so many shoulders and so many chips that can go around and I think they would all want to play quarterback and they'd all be mad that they weren't playing quarterback. And oh, yeah, I'm just going to be the guard. No, you'll see. I'll let one through. <laughs> I don't know. I I would rather play. I'd rather play the eleven Mayfields because I, I think that would just implode. I don't even know if they'd make it off the bus. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so, I'm still trying to think of that movie. That guy from the movie. <laughs> Keep going back for it. Oh, okay, okay. So Do you remember it's, what it's movie on, it was? It's on. A, it's not even a movie. It's on. Um, Walking Dead. Okay. Andrew Lincoln, the guy that no, the main guy? no, it's it's the new villain the past few seasons. Oh, I quit watching a couple of years ago. Oh, gosh, you guys would be like, it's this guy. 
I know there's probably people screaming. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I quit watching a few years ago. It got to where Jeffrey it was the Dean same. Morgan. Oh, Negan. As Negan. Negan. Yeah. Okay, the Negan guy. Yes. Yeah, he probably has some crazy looks. Not all that different from Javier Burden. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes and a weak surrounding cast. Michael's going with 11 Baker Mayfields, hoping they fight each other. Just the implosion. The implosion would be all I'd need. <laughs> okay. So back to the, the game this weekend. Um, I think one of the ways that you, you can win this game is if your pass defense takes a big step forward. Um, and I think that's going to require Jay Sean Johnson return. We've got two questions kind of back-to-back regarding Johnson. Uh, this one's from Tate Baumgartner at T-Bomb15. Jay Sean Johnson seems to be week-to-week. He was actually suited up but didn't have his helmet against Houston. Uh, when, when I was at the game, I, I watched him warm up. He looked like he was full go, and then he didn't play. He goes on to say, I guess just to play an emergency question mark. I think that's probably my cat. I think Michael's cat's gone crazy. Locked him up. I guess just to play an emergency. I like to think he's close to returning if they let him suit up. And then from the press conference, Kingsbury right, comes which back was, and says, which was today, Tuesday. How is Jayshon progressing? Kingsbury responds, we'll see. It will be a game time decision. We're hoping he can at least play some, but I'm not sure yet. So the game time decision, how he warmed up last week, I think he was close. Like in my mind, like he's close to playing. The response from Kingsbury today says he's not close. Right. I would so think either so he too. Went, he took a step backwards or I was overestimating how close he was last week. Right. That's what so it sounds like. It, May sound it sounds like you may be without Jay Sean Johnson this weekend, which would be terribly unfortunate for your past defense. Looking at Vontae Dorsey and John Bonney need to step it up, especially Bonney. I Coleman. I, I don't want to. I don't want to like bag on the dude, but like you can see why Texas was okay letting him go. <laughs> Yikes! And like, oh, you want to go play for a conference foe? Please, please do. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Um. So without Johnson, it may be rough. I I last week, if you'd asked me how close Johnson was, I said he. I probably would have said he could have played last week or he should have played last week. The response today from Kingsbury tells me otherwise. He may not be ready to go. Yeah, and that kind of. I don't want to say it's a bait and switch or anything, but I feel like the first time we heard about him being hurt, it was three or four games. Is kind of what the number that people had in their heads or what seemed to make sense. And then I, I think we were given false hope either intentionally or not intentionally that he could come back next week. And now we're just a little bit more disappointed. And because we're seeing uh, how much he could probably affect the game. Yeah. And, but, but by all means, you know, if he's, if he's not feeling up for it, just, just hang out. No need yeah. to, no need to get back in the game to, stop a pass or something and then and hurt himself again. Yeah. And then make it worse. <laughs> yeah. And then get hurt and live with it the rest of your life or something. So well, let's, let's do uh one last thing before we move on to cord cutters corner It's something I, I thought of and I meant to put it in the notes and I didn't. So you are one quarter of the way through the football season. The thing you wait for all, all oh, year, man. you're 25% in. Man, when you qualify it like that, we are <laughs> makes me sad already. You're two and one. How how is this season going for you? Twenty five percent in. I want to say as expected, but in a different way. 
Right, because I I think we both had a two and one record at this point. I, we had three and zero. Oh. Okay, well, we were close to it's, having two and so one. So not as expected. <laughs> not as expected, but it's like my two sides of the same coin. Losing to Ole Miss was not like or of a different coin. Unheard of. No, that so wasn't crazy. But I think I think the way we got the way we got it handed to us by them and we were favored on top of that, that kind of, and losing your starting quarterback. Yeah. Okay. So 25% in more or less as expected results wise, but like product wise, I I had no idea like what we're seeing is what we would have got. I was expecting Kingsbury and Johns to be working out some kind of not power running offense or anything like that, but like, much more heavily favoring the run. You do see Texas Tech having legit run blocking, which is funny that like you didn't have run blocking schemes before this year. Like how how could you go this long and not have because you had air raid people? Yeah, that was just the philosophy. And that was the personnel too. But Kevin Johns has installed run blocking schemes. Um you haven't been too successful, but you've also been running with like your third, fourth and fifth string running back. Yep. Um, and then you've got a true freshman quarterback who, when he walked on campus in January, we're like, cool, he'll be ready in a couple of years. He'll be a, your third string guy learning middle, not even middle of game one, a quarter and some change into game one. He's thrust into the starting position and we rolled with him ever since. So product on the field, completely different from expectations results, not too far off. Right, results weren't too far off. Uh, to to break it down between which side of the ball, I, the offense is a lot more productive, or they have been a lot more productive than I thought they were capable. And I do think, um, let me throw something kind of back at you. Do you? I'm just kind of judging by what I've seen on, on Twitter and just kind of talking to people and the. STP comments. I think this is kind of put to rest the quote unquote quarterback controversy that we had after Lamar. Well, it's a different controversy. Right. Well, I I think going into the season was how much is jet Duffy going to play? Right. I think it's kind of shifted to if, and when Carter's healthy, does he come back and take over or is this Bowman? I think it's Bowman's team. Me too. I think, I think it's Bowman's team. Until proven otherwise. I think think we'll see Bowman starting. Well, and that's kind of Kingsbury's, Mo, that's kind of how he operates. You know, he he did the same thing with uh, when Webb went down and Mahomes took over. I think Mahomes just finished the year. Yeah, he was. I think same he, with Mayfield. When Mayfield got hurt and Webb Webb took over, Webb finished the year. I think, but I, then I think Webb kind of got hurt again, and Mayfield started again against Baylor and a couple other games towards the end. Yeah, I was gonna say there have been seasons where he's changed quarterbacks game to game but it was i think there was some of it was injury related um the the tcu game in 2013 obviously mayfield started Webb finished he just yeah he Um, just brought him in to change things up the texas game was the other other one i can think of where shimanek came in late to replace carter um besides that there hasn't been a whole lot of qb switching so no it he usually sticks with the guy so I think this is his guy, and even when Carter comes back and is healthy, I, I he's going to have to win his job back for sure. Um, I think 
this is going to sound ridiculous when I say it. I think you'll know a whole lot more about your team after the next two weeks. Now, I realize you'll be five games into a 12-game season at that Which point. Which makes sense. You'll be halfway through your season. However, at this point, you've played uh, Ole Miss SEC team. Like You're not sure what they are. You beat the snot out of an FCS team. And you beat Houston pretty handily. But you're not sure what they are yet either. Like It's too early for everybody, right? Yep. Um, but the next two weeks, you've got your some perennial Big 12 conference foes that you had chances to beat but haven't or in past years you should have beaten and didn't. Um, if you can handle them or get past one of them, if you go one and one over the next two weeks, um, I think you'll feel pretty good about the direction of the rest of the season. Because I think if you look at like Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor, you'll feel pretty good about those three games. Yeah. On the two games you've already won, that's five. You need two wins somewhere else. So Oklahoma feeling a State. a little more confident about Iowa State, too. Uh, see, I'm not yet. You're not there yet? No. I, uh, just a little bit. That that Iowa game was tough to watch. I didn't watch any of that. I don't know if right. Iowa has, you know, the Chicago Bears defense or what, but <laughs> if all you can muster up is three points on the board, I it gave me a little bit of hope that we could maybe slow them down a little bit and put some points up on them. I know their defense is good. Anyway, I know that's not where you're going, but – I'm I'm so, kind of feeling a little better about that one. Post game podcast after at the end of the month after you've played five games, which is strange to think like you'll have played five games through the month of September. Yeah, but um, I think you'll know pretty pretty well what you've got and what you can expect the rest of the season, barring any upsets or turmoil on other teams. This week, hope for the upset. You've got a quarterback that has proven to be really efficient, but it will be his first road game, his first true road game, possibility of some adverse weather. Um, They've got a pretty solid defensive end that creates some havoc. Defense that's perennially been pretty good at turning people over. Offense, whether they're throwing the ball 60 times a game or running the ball 60 times a game, super prolific, scoring anybody. So it'll be an interesting game this weekend. Really excited about the uh, the get together. Let's wrap this up with some cord cutters corner. Yeah, cord cutters corner is gonna it's gonna be fun. Uh, I just kind of wanted to brag a little bit. I didn't realize how many sports channels I got. <laughs> uh, there's a I don't even know this channel existed, but there's ESPN College Football Extra, which is just another way for you to watch all these different games. And you, they might be games available on the Watch ESPN app too. But I remember I watched the couple of weeks ago the end of the Arkansas game where they were up on Colorado State twenty-seven to seven or something, and then Colorado State didn't let them score again and won the game. So I got to catch the end of that Dude, game. Dude, Arkansas has just been kind of a mess this year. They have, and they got trounced by North Texas. And they had that like really fluky punt return for a touchdown, which it looks like they were able to push through like a rules change today. Yeah, I to think they're changing that, like that right now. Um, but, da- I mean, okay, obviously you're, you're going from a power running offense from Brett Bielema to more of a spread offense with Chad Morris. So there will be some growing pains there, but my goodness. Like you got beat by Colorado State in North Texas. Yeah, and just the way you got beat by Colorado State was 
the mo- the worst part of it. But I, the, my only complaint. One more thing. Uh, oh uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I interrupt you. Um, somebody pointed out like now that North Texas has gotten past Arkansas and they looked at the rest of the schedule, like where does that L come from? Like yeah. their schedule is like you would think if Tech is playing it. Besides Arkansas, like they're going to walk through and win eleven or twelve games. Well, I think it's possible that North Texas could be the s- Central Florida of last year, right? Where they could go through, win eleven or twelve games, and play in a meaningful bowl game, and then Seth Luttrell and Graham Harrell get paid yeah. next year, and then they call themselves the national champions. It's possible. Did you see the video where Seth Luttrell was dancing in the the? I did. It was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I I say pretty good. It's like it was. I think Adam sent that to me. It was an older white man trying to dance with younger, younger guys that just he looked way more hips. Yeah. (laughs) The fact that I use the word hip means I'm not hip. I'm gonna say I don't think it had anything to do with race. I think it's the, the guys that are like. Well, they can move better than us. I'm digging myself a grave here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, they're just young kids. They, they're, uh, they're way more cool than, than I am. Sure. That's for sure. So is Seth Luttrell and the North Texas schedule setting himself up to be the next Texas Tech head coach? Oh gosh. Let's let's <laughs> let's not talk let's about table that. that. Okay. Let's get to Cord Cutter's corner. That was. There's really <laughs> not much more to it. It was just. I mean. The sports channels you get are nuts because you get pretty much every ESPN channel, uh, the Big Ten channel, CBS Sports, SEC channel. Uh, you get the Fox channels, FS1, 2, Southwest, Southwest Plus, all that. Uh, probably the only downside is you no, don't. No, this is not and a it's downside. not really this a downside. A great positive. But you do not get the Longhorn Network. So that's kind of nice. You can rest easy. But I really wanted to watch that. Tulsa game that they almost blew a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So that was a little disappointing that I couldn't see that. And to, to get all these channels on sudden link, you have to go to like the third tier of their channels. And, which is and, super expensive. Yeah. And you have to, or you can get the sports tier, which I forget how much that is extra a month, but you have to pay extra. And that means you have to even pay extra for ESPNU and ESPN News, which is just ridiculous now because there's so much stuff on that. But uh, what also has been fun about Hulu is I can DVR games and watch them later, which I didn't realize I could do that. And um, so it's it's going well. You know, you guys will get to try it out when y'all are here. On Saturday, I, I didn't even think about that. We'll we, could, we could have some serious technical difficulties we'll where we can't watch the game. We'll see firsthand how well it goes. Uh, they they came out and buried my cable finally today, and it looks like trash. But I'm hoping it's just because they had to wet the yard to do it, and then it'll kind of look a little bit better as it dries up. But it looks awful. They gutted it. They gutted my yard. My my sweet my sweet baby yard out there. Well, so the good thing about your grass, you have Bermuda, is it's it, going to just crawl right it'll over. It'll crawl it. right back That's over and right. cover it up. Whereas if it was fescue, you'd have to go back and like reseed, which I did this week. Oh, I spent. We have a we have a quick going yard. We have a update. going yard update. Saturday morning, actually, like every waking minute Saturday before I had to get ready and leave for the game was spent in the yard. And I loved it, but I'm like <laughs> I, I've been super sore, um, so I, I had to mow edge. And clean up and everything, and then start working in the yard, right? So I had oh to overseed. Um, 
I took the weed eater to the, the big patches of Bermuda that I had in my yard. So I, I took it all the way down to dirt. And then I seeded the patches first to go really heavy on the seed on those areas. Um, and then I put just seed into the hopper broadcast spreader and went all over the yard with that. And then I did two more passes of one was a uh, organic slow release fertilizer. One was a more of a starter fertilizer that kind of kicked the new seed growth. Oh my gosh. When I mowed, I had to cut it really short too. Cause like I have to, I have to be off of it for like three weeks, but like the grass is already there. We'll be growing for three weeks. So I have to cut it short. So it's not a jungle, but the next time I actually get to mow it. Um, and then because of the big patches, like I couldn't just leave the seed exposed. So I had to like cover it with peat moss. So I had to like got its big oh three gosh. cubic yard bag. How of did peat you moss. manage all this before two o'clock? It, it was, so I, I got in the shower at one fifteen. <laughs> It was like four and a half hours of like nonstop. Did you eat lunch in the press box? I ate lunch in the press box <laughs> at like three. I got there like right before the game. I was like, just let me eat before the game. Do I have any um, food? And they did. It was fine. But Oh, they did? Did was, they have food for you? Oh, uh, it was fried oh, chicken was and mashed potatoes. So good. Mashed potatoes? Yeah. What? It was, it's catered food up there. I don't even know. I don't even... It's not, it's not concession. I, it's I catered. I don't have... <laughs> any sort of reference for this i've I've gotten to be in the cowboys suite before but never a tech one so i have no idea what's i don't know well, what go, goes on up there that's i, I think could be is, eyes wide shut up there for all i know this is different from i think most of the suites where they do have food in the suites but i think it's more like you can order hot dogs and more concession style foods okay and pizza and stuff but this is like a catered meal Oh, like man. you go and you serve yourself. It was a catered sour. affair. It was. It's pretty. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, so yeah, I, I did all of that this weekend. Looking forward to retaking some of my yard back from the neighbors' Bermuda that crept in. I, I found some Bermuda in like strange places in my yard. Like, how did you get all the way here? Like that picture I showed you. <laughs> the corner of my driveway had some Bermuda crawling out of it. It's like the nearest Bermuda is like thirty feet away. It was probably so, underneath the concrete. It was something. And then I had like some like patch in the middle of my backyard that was filling it with like, what is it? That's Bermuda. And like the, this afternoon I went out there, I was just checking on everything. There was Bermuda seed heads. I was like, how did you already go to sea? Like I just cut you on Saturday. It's like they know. They know that you're trying to just so I pulled out the seed them out. Heads. So I, I pulled that up as much as I could. I threw it in my neighbor's yard. Because here's the thing. I figured out, I learned that if you cut Bermuda grass with your mower and you don't have Bermuda, like the clippings, if you get the right section that hasn't been damaged, like it can be like an inch long maybe. If that piece of grass, the right piece falls in your yard, it can like plant and start growing. Like, Oh my gosh. It doesn't have to be a root. It has to be like one of the nodes where it splits. So if you don't want Bermuda in your yard... When, you, when your neighbors have Bermuda, you're probably screwed. I don't know why I thought I was going to be able to hold off the Bermuda. That's why I, I think I, I brought up the the idea of the curb a long time ago, but even the curb wasn't going to – I don't think it was really, going to stop it. It feels real jicky to put a curb on Yeah, it, it does. I, I remember <laughs> seeing that in my old neighborhood, and I thought, man, did you really just not like these people? Or You just kind of this feel – This is my yard. Yeah, my yard. How dare you? If I see one bit of Nike or Reebok sole on this curb <laughs> – I'm, I'm calling the cops. I'm tracing it back to you. So anyways, that's going yard. 
I will update you guys on how it fills in. Hopefully I'll have a nice, beautiful full yard all the way across. There were some spots in the back I had to touch up. My big dog um, has been burning the I was going to say crap, but that was like, it was too literal. (laughs) When she pees, one, she pees a lake, right? So it's like this massive puddle. That's great. But also one, for some reason, it it may be the volume, but big dog and female big dog urine burns grass like no other. So I have this big spot in the backyard right off the patio where she has just taken my my grass to dirt. It's just gone. It's basically gone. So I had to like... I got chicken wire to cover up these bare spots in the backyard where the dogs go just to keep them off of it long enough, hopefully, for the grass to take take hold and come back. And my wife has texted me, are you coming home tonight? <laughs> yes, ma'am. I did, I did learn something this week really quickly. I learned that if you want your curb painted, Ooh. to go to the Texas Curb Guy, go to his Facebook page. My wife looked him up. And he came out here and, and did he fix your completely curb? fixed the curbs. Oh, nice. They look, look great. They, uh, it's an actual red and black and white double T. Um, anyway, did a really nice job. Same price as the other people who came here yeah. and did a terrible job. So 25 bucks will get you your curb painted. I bet you he probably does 20. I don't know for sure. I bet he does it for 20 bucks if you just want the number. But, uh, Excellent work. So look up Texas Curb Guy if you're in Lubbock and you need your curb painted. I I fully endorse him on behalf of the 23 Personnel Podcast. Oh, now we're giving out endorsements. We're not getting paid for this, Michael. No, I know. Stop. <laughs> All right, for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us again on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Thanks again to Brian and the guys over at Cowboy State Podcast for joining us on the preview. Um if you guys are new to the podcast, thanks for, for checking us out. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Podbean, all those great pod catchers out there. Make sure you're subscribed. Um, share it with a friend. Make sure your other your fans, your friends that are Texas Tech fans are listening. Um, hit us up with questions. You can find us on Twitter at LSRR07 and at PuntSuck and at 23Personnel. Again, for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us.